I'm Victoria. And I'm Joe. And we're Catholic wedding professionals who love working with brides on this journey toward marriage. As married women ourselves, we totally remember all that goes into preparing for the wedding day. All the stresses and obstacles, and we are here to help you through it all. So that you can prepare for the wedding day and marriage with ease. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Catholic, Catholic Wedding, wedding Podcast. Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Catholic Wedding Podcast. I am so excited about today's podcast because we have a very special guest on today. And we also are going to be talking about a topic that I think everyone says is really important, but it doesn't always get like delved into completely. And there aren't always like tangible tips within it. So I am really, really excited. Um, today's guest is Maisie. And I am so excited to have you here um, on the Catholic Wedding Podcast. So can you please just uh, introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit more about you and your business? Hello, everyone. My name is Maisie Hudson. Um, I am 30 years old and I live in central Oklahoma. Um, nice. We're accepting a snowstorm right now, so we're getting ready. I was just um, going to ask if it's cold there. <laughs> it is very, very cold here. Oh. <laughs> so, we just got our first snowstorm of the season. so <laughs> I, I am a cold person, so I'm very, okay. very happy. That's good. <laughs> I'm a Christmas person, so I'm very, very happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I um, am first and foremost a letterpress printer. Um, I do wedding stationery, um, personal branding, business cards, pretty much anything that you want to put on paper, I can digitize that and create a plate for my old 1926 letterpress machine, and I can That's put that awesome. on the paper. Um, yes. And then secondly, I'm also a marketing manager. I do a lot of social media work, graphic design, um, you know, strategic kind of communication. And so that kind of leads into what we were talking about today is communication, which is my favorite thing to talk about. Um, my awesome. husband and I have been married for three years, but we've been together almost 10. Oh, wow. Okay. That's so awesome. most of our relationship, we got engaged after seven years of dating. Um, okay. And it's not because we didn't want to get married. It's just the cards were never out for those seven years. We were long distance. Mm -hmm. So we were forced to communicate on the phone constantly. That was our only way to have a relationship. Of course we saw each other occasionally, but right. for seven years we talked on the phone. That was kind of how we made it. <laughs> so where, where was he and where were you? So we met um, kind of at the beginning of our college careers Okay. And so I went to a different school. He went to a different school. Um, I graduated a little earlier and then he transferred for another reason. And then he transferred to another school. So it kind of set him back a little bit. He had to kind of restart. So he, then he restarted his college career and he finally finished at um, OSU. And then I started a job in, you know, Oklahoma city, which was a little far from OSU. So okay. Everything just didn't line up right. We knew That's that we it. wanted to stay together, but we just couldn't at that time. So we just mm -hmm. were like, you know what? We're going to wait it out. Right. Yeah. No, I can definitely relate to 
long distance for sure. So lots of lots of Zoom calls for me and my yep. husband. <laughs> yep. I always say that we did did Zoom before it was cool because like <laughs> in 2020, Zoom became a huge thing. But it did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a there was another platform too. I mean, we did a lot of Snapchats, mm-hmm. and there was another there was another video. It was started with an S or something. Okay. I can't remember, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, we were zoomers back then. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay. So that kind of delves into what our topic is today, which is all about communication during both engagement and of course marriage, because obviously good communication is going to help set you up for so much success within marriage. And you only need like more communication as you you know grow deeper with each other. Um, so we are going to be talking all about it today, which I think is super exciting. Um, and I think it is important because, like I mentioned before, everyone always talks about like, oh, communication is so important, and like communication will set you up for success. But like, they kind of stop there, and they don't really get into like, okay, but like, how do you communicate mm-hmm. well, and how do you build mm-hmm. that? with each other especially long distance but even when you're not long distance I mean it's almost like you're forced to communicate more when you're long distance so in in some ways it can be easier in that area but um just in general like everyone talks about it but they kind of stop there so why would you say that communication is so important we'll start with that first you're so right. Um, everyone stops with just that sentence and no one gives you the tools. No one gives you the standard. No one gives you um, really even a piece of evidence of to refer yourself to. Um, right. They're just kind of like, you guys need to communicate. And so, um, of course, since my husband and I were long distance, like you said, we were forced to communicate. We were forced to kind of talk about our day. Right. Um, and that's kind of where it starts is just talking, talking mm-hmm. about anything and everything. I don't, I don't care how silly it is. I mean, you could say, well, the dishwasher really washed the dish as well. Right. You know, just starting <laughs> that conversation. Um, you know, did you get the mail today? Ooh, what was in it? Anything interesting? Starting any kind of a conversation piece to talk about anything will lead to those kind of more serious conversations where maybe you won't be as uncomfortable because you're used to talking about everything. Um, I think that's one thing that we need to kind of set a little bit of a standard for, for, for marriages and engagement as well is once you're making those steps, um, kind of everything is on the table. Uh, nothing really should be held back. I think we should be comfortable to talk about anything and everything. You know, you're, you're the bad and the good. Um, we can talk about any sort of addictions. We can talk about if we like mashed potatoes, you know, it, it, we should kind of keep that standard for that openness. Um, no judgment, no vulnerability. Um, I think we should kind of set a standard in the very, very beginning. We need to talk about what kind of a communicator are you? Are you an over-communicator? Are you an assumer? Um, And that also comes from how we grew up. See, I grew up kind of a non-communicator. Everything was kind of an assumed. You didn't talk about it. You just did it. While as Mm -hmm. my husband's, his kind of form of communication was slightly more argumentative. So- In the beginning, our fights, I will say first, because there's fights and there's negotiations, Mm -hmm. fights were rough (laughs) because I, you know, I didn't communicate. I just assumed. So I would shut down 
and he would keep the argument going and I would have nothing to say. And it would just, it was hitting a brick wall. Mm-hmm. So definitely in the very, very beginning, we need to kind of set a standard in order to get that kind of relationship we want. We have to learn to negotiate, not fight with our, right. with our partner, with, you know, anybody. Um, and this means being vulnerable because then you're being vulnerable about what your needs are and you're fearful of maybe them not getting met. Um, so you kind of say them in a vague way, or you hope that your partner just you know, figures it out and we cannot do that. And that, and I know this sounds silly, but it really goes down to even household chores. You know, once you're married and you live together, like I said, talk about everything and, you know, don't just assume he's going to take out the trash. You didn't talk about it, you know, kind of establish that standard, figure out what kind of a communicator you are so that your negotiations don't talk, you know, don't end in fights so that you can have a meaningful conversation about, you know, something that's, a, you know, arisen that's going to be difficult. Absolutely. And I think um, one thing that I sometimes people ask me for like different, like, you know, dating advice and stuff like that. And um, one advice I gave to someone just talking about communication is like, you're either going to talk about it now or you're going to talk about mm-hmm. it later, like, you know, in the mindset mm-hmm. of like dating and engagement or if you are fearful of talking about it now and you get married, you know, it's going to be harder to talk about it then. It's just yep. easier. It's better to just start that communication off right, um, yes. right away um, and just being open with each other about it and being open about like your downfalls with communication. Like it sounds like you're pretty aware, Mazzy, like you were saying that like you, you know, what you grew up with was you did it, didn't kind of communicate as much. It was mm-hmm. more assumed. And I think that's like really great that you kind of know that about yourself. So that that's mm-hmm. like something that you can work on, but absolutely like either, you know, especially hard stuff, you're either going to talk about it now or it's going to come up later and it's just better to just get it out, and out of the especially, way. <laughs> especially when children are involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just, you know, it, it, it is better to get these communication standards set in the very, very beginning before you're up at three o'clock in the morning with a newborn, mm-hmm. because they're going to come out nasty sometimes. Right. When um, you're tired or hungry. <laughs> yes. And when I'm hungry. Oh, <laughs> you said, um, <laughs> some of your good, you know, dating advice. One of the best dating advices that I ever got was don't go to the movies, go do an activity like mm-hmm. bowling go yep. mini golf, go golfing, you know, a right. golfing, that's, gosh, that's four hours out on the, you know, course, you got to talk about something, you right. know, like you can't just <laughs> sit there in silence. Yep. Um, and you mentioned something too about, I think you said being vulnerable or something, but that kind of leads to my next thing is um, take the risk and don't lie. Mm-hmm. Um, the risk we take in opening up to our, you know, our engaged or, you know, to be patrolled we're wanting our deepest needs to be met. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's intimate. That's it's personal. And that's the point of marriage is that you are being vulnerable and you're taking that risk with that person to not be naive, to not be cynical, um, and to give the ultimate trust because trust is intimacy. In my opinion, um, when we choose to trust, we encourage our partner to show us their best side but this ability requires two things from us and that is courage and the determination not to lie. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's probably one of my biggest communication tips is don't lie about anything. No white lies because lies have to unravel themselves eventually. Mm 
Right. And number two, it just doesn't help either party mm-hmm. because you're, you're cutting that trust with your, you know, your special someone, you're cutting it. And then you also have to upkeep it. I mean, it could be something as simple. Like, like I said, you know, you could say, did you get the mail? And they say no, but, or, or they say yes. And, and, but they didn't, it, it, but then they go get the mail and they're like, well, I thought you said you got the, you know, it's little right. things like that. Those tiny, tiny things can create mistrust right. and you don't want tiny, tiny things to turn into larger things. The one thing that I'm thinking of as you're saying this is even like the classic, like wife saying like, I'm fine, even mm-hmm. though you're not fine. Like, that's just like, I don't know. I feel like every woman does that. At least I know I've done that. Um, oh, I've like, done it. Have you asked like, are you okay? Or what's wrong? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, that even that is like considered like, I mean, kind of a lie to your husband. Like you're not opening up to him in the right. way that he's like, he's asking and he genuinely wants to know. And maybe you're thinking, oh, he should already know what's wrong or something like yep. that. But yep. um, I know I've been there. <laughs> um, yeah, no. But like the, even that is like a, a, a level of dishonesty with your spouse. So even like cutting that out quickly, yes. like as soon as you like hear this, <laughs> if you're Just, that person. Like, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I've done it too. I am mm. not throwing the first stone here. I have many of times said, yeah, I'm fine. And I've just assumed that he's going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And you just cannot allow that because like I said in the beginning, you have an open playing field with your, with your spouse. Now, once you're married, Mm -hmm. everything should be on the table. And here's my next key is make peace with your partner's communication. If Mm -hmm. they come to you and they say, you know, I think I am an assumer and I think I just don't communicate that well. And I'm just kind of wanting you to figure it out. You need to listen to that because half of communication is listening, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to fully accept what kind of communicator your partner is because then your negotiations will be so much easier because you'll understand. And so like you said, the, you know, the what's wrong, I don't know you, you know, you're irritated. Um, we cannot stop the communication there. Even if you're irritated, even if you say, I'm fine, you cannot stop there because then that, that creates this little ball of mistrust, you know, that we talked about. Even if it's hard, you know, even if this is a serious situation, you know, anything that has happened in the relationship and you, you know, find out or something, um, we can't stop the communication because this is a negative emo- emotional pullback and it's not going to be addressed. So mm-hmm. you have to stay persistent and to do this, we need hope, we need love and we need grace for one another. But we also need to make peace with our partner. Um, we, we need to respect and understand what kind of communicator they are and then move forward with it. If they say they're an assumer, then you need to over communicate almost with them. You know what I mean? Like you have to kind of almost study up a, a little bit on um, what was that old thing that everybody loves? The like you know the five love languages. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a gift giver. Love it so so much. My husband quality time. So when we think of gifts for each other, we have to switch our minds and say, well, she likes gifts, uh, you know, and I and I know he likes quality time. So that means you know instead of giving a gift, maybe we'll do you know, a bowling date night, you know, or something. So you have to really 
put your feet in that other person's shoes when you have a fight, when you have a negotiation and say, this is how he sees it. This is how she sees it. And then you have a much more open playing field of getting the negotiation quickly over. Right. Absolutely. And so one thing that you have been bringing up is figuring out what type of communicator are you? Um, Can you like list out the types of communicator and give like a little like synopsis or description of like what, what each one means? Oh, that's a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, just off the top of my head, you know, I'm now an ogre communicator. So I, I do like to talk about everything, but that also means that I ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I like to get to the nitty gritty things. So maybe that over communicator is just kind of like, you know, we need, I I need to establish where this came from and how it happened before Mm -hmm. we talk about how to fix it, you know? Um, and then that leads to, you've got the fixer. You've got the one that just wants to patch it up as quickly as possible and say, okay, you know what? Fine. I'll just, I'll just put the milk in the fridge the way you like it. I'll just do it to save face, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's not good either because you're just agreeing. You're not voicing your own self and you're not engaging in that, that vulnerable trust. You're just patching the quilt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you've got your kind of assumer who just kind of goes with the flow and is just kind of hoping that everyone figures it out for them. Um, they just kind of, like I said, I mean, it's, assumer. Uh, I can't really describe that one anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have your, you know, your passive communicator. Uh, you can't just lay down like a dog and just not talk about anything because you're afraid of, um, you know, conflict. Conflict isn't fun. Mm-hmm. It's really not. Everyone gets that kind of, uh, I mean, I do, that hot, uncomfortable, oh, this is a bad conversation. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to bring it up. Right. But it's just like you said earlier, if you're not going to talk about it now, you're probably going to talk about it at some point mm-hmm. and it could be worse. Right. So you better talk about it now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, thank you for kind of giving that clarity of kind of the different types of communicators. Yeah. Um, I appreciate it. Um, okay. So you have given a few different tips already, but are there any like specific tangible tips to like maybe somebody who is like newly engaged or something like that is listening to this podcast and is like, okay, like I want to set my marriage up for success. So like what, what kind of tips would you give her about communication? I would first and foremost, establish your hierarchy and your marriage out loud. And when I say, I know that's very vague, Okay. but I'll give you an example. Um, my husband and I were freshly married and we were on a a ski trip with my parents and we drove separate and it was about a nine hour drive on that nine hours we got on the subject of parenting now we were not pregnant uh we were hoping to be pregnant but we were not pregnant at that time Mm -hmm. and we talked for these straight nine hours on parenting styles how we think we should parent what we see in the future for parenting, did we want to homeschool for nine hours? Mm-hmm. We talked aloud how we saw ourselves parenting. So that's what I mean by establishing your hierarchy aloud. Talk about the serious things first. Talk about your finances. I know that that's icky. 
-hmm. It's not fun. But if you're freshly engaged, and especially if you have a short engagement, I had a very, very short engagement. Um, I know my diocese had um, a compatibility test. I don't know if all dioceses have those, but I do know that the pre-canna is, you know, required and, you know, you have to go through that with your priest. But we did a compatibility test. And I think most of the subjects on there were those icky subjects of parenting, finances, um, you know, family life. How do you how do you work well with your in-laws? You know, how are you going to do holidays? Get those large um, those large communication negotiations out first. Just just talk them out. Talk about your finances. Talk about how much debt you're in. Again, I know that's icky, but talk about how you're going to work through that once you're married, because once you're married, it's there. Right. It doesn't go away. Right. It, it's just like you said, you're going to talk about it eventually. So you might and as well do it. It's going to be harder if you're like, oh, I had no oh. idea. You had $10,000 of debt. Like, exactly. You never told me this. And yeah, that's going to be exactly. not fun. <laughs> if, if you see yourself as that person that wants three cats in the next year, say it out loud. Mm-hmm. Just say it out loud. Say, you know what? I think I really want three cats, you know, so right. establish, you know, talk about how you want to parent, mm-hmm. even if you're not a parent, you know, if you want to welcome children later, establish how you want to parent now, because then whenever the baby's here, your established communication is already in, in point. It's already right. there and it's ready to go. And I think it's almost even easier to talk about it before you're in it because then there's mm-hmm. there's so many other people's opinions that come up when that when that starts happening, especially with children and stuff like that. And yes, yeah, then there's a lot lot more noise between the world and <laughs> family yes. and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I just feel like it, it's so much easier to talk about things before they happen like you can't completely talk about everything obviously like your whole your whole life but the like especially like the bigger picture stuff like you're saying like mm-hmm. discipline that's like a super big one mm-hmm. um because you know a lot of people that have different opinions about that and just just as, like being on the same page even before you're in that situation I think right will definitely because success. once you get those larger conversations out of the way, you know, once you talk about how much debt you're in and how you're going to tackle that, when you want to buy a house, do you want to buy a house one year into the marriage, three years into the marriage? Do you want to just rent for 10 years? You know, once you establish that communication, then your little conversations about who's taking the trash out on Tuesday night, that's nothing. Right. You know, that, that is just a casual conversation. Um, and and it all matters. The the conversation about parenting and the conversation about what laundry soap you like, they all matter because Mm -hmm. you're establishing out loud your communication and you're creating intimacy where nothing is out of bounds for the discussion. Mm -hmm. And it helps so much whenever nothing is out of bounds because then you're not uncomfortable because you're creating that vulnerability and you're creating that trust with your partner. And that's what makes it so, I would say kind of fun because like my husband and I, we can talk about everything. There's nothing that I'm like, Oh, I can't, you know, I can't talk about my husband or I can't talk to my husband about this. He's going to, he's going to think it's weird. You know, nothing is out of bounds. So it makes it almost fun because I have my best friend that I can talk about anything mm-hmm. which I think is just that's so beautiful and that I mean that's one of the beautiful things about marriage is that it, it really is your best friend that you are walking on this path toward heaven with and mm-hmm. yeah you can talk to them about anything and I don't know it's just 
I love it. It's great. I love <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> I would say the second thing that I would give a, you know, a newly engaged bride is to pray together. Mm-hmm. Um, now that is something that my husband and I, we kind of started doing that later into our um, relationship. Uh, we didn't pray in the beginning. He wasn't Catholic yet. Okay. Um, so we took a retreat that our church offered um, these lovely, lovely couple. It was actually called Praying Together. And they were teaching couples how to pray together. Because growing up, um, and this is just me personally, growing up, I was a very, what would you call it? I don't want to say traditional, but you know, you prayed internally. You never said it out loud. Okay. Um, and I'm a very, what, what my friends and and cousins always joke about a, um, a a freelance prayer. That's when you don't say the Hail Marys and you, you you just kind of go with the whim of what you need in the moment. Mm-hmm. Not my cup of tea. I am willing to say that. I would rather pray a rosary. It's it sets my boundaries. Right. So we took this we took this prayer retreat and it was wonderful because they it was so uncomfortable, but it was wonderful because they forced you during workshop time. They forced you and your husband or your um, fiance into a corner, and I mean they didn't stare at you, but they they told you we need you to pray about something. And so you're standing there in the corner and you're going, Oh, I got to pray with this person. Like, you know, like, and that's so vulnerable. That's so right. uncomfortable because prayer is like the most intimate thing with our Lord. Um, and so it was like, that was probably of everything that my husband and I talked about, that was the most intimidating thing was praying with him. Cause that was opening up my soul. Wow. It was like, Oh my goodness. So if you are able to take a praying together workshop or retreat, do it because it is, it is the best thing for your relationship. Praying together, it may be awkward, but the power of praying together versus just saying your rosary separate, that can move mountains because mm-hmm. then we're back to the nothing is out of bounds thing. You know, right. then after negotiation, you could say, you know what, we got to pray about this. Let's pray. Right. And what better way to end a heavy topic, you know, whatever you're talking about, than to pray together. Right. Or even before you talk about the heavy topic, too. Yeah, yes. For sure. I know something that me and my husband started doing probably, I don't know, maybe like six months ago. Um, but we decided that, you know, if we were in a dis- disagreement, so if we were frustrated at each other or anything like that, we would stop and, you know, one of us would ask like, can we pray together? And then we would pray in that moment. And that has helped so much. That's beautiful. It it just like recenters you. Like I just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I can't just, it's just hard to describe, but like there's something that shifts and it's like brings you back to like what actually matters. Like is this, this, you know, this disagreement, this little argument that we're having in this moment, like really is like not worth like, Mm -hmm. Uh, this, does it bring you know, it does it bring glory to God? Right, right, exactly. Like, is this this right. isn't you know helping us get to heaven? Like, we we need we're like stronger together than apart. And of course, like you know, the devil feeds off of any disagreement, any mm-hmm. like you know struggles with communication and everything. Division. Like that. So any division, right? Exactly. Any division. Yeah, and I forget which saint said it, but there was a saint that said, um, I think talking about the rosary, but like you know praying 
this is just praying together in general. Like when you're praying together, you're so much stronger and the devil has such a harder time getting in and like trying to disrupt the prayer and mm-hmm. like just, you know, attempt you during prayer than if you're praying alone. That doesn't mean obviously you shouldn't pray alone. Obviously you should too. But when you're praying but it together, creates, it creates that stronger bond right. that's unbreakable. Right. It's like such a strong foundation. And it's like, I don't know. It's so beautiful, like how mm-hmm. it works. And you know, of course, like, yeah, the devil hates it. And that's why he tries to disrupt it and tries to get you to be like, oh, I'm too tired. Let's not do this today or something like that. But mm-hmm. it's like one of those things that like do it every single day because you might it not. It matters. S- yeah, it matters. Yeah, exactly. It absolutely. matters long term. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Because that is also what, um, you know, once you get married, that's kind of your job now you, is to get your spouse to heaven. And your spouse is supposed to get you to heaven. So, you know, praying together and starting that job description, you know, which includes praying separately, you know, going to mass together, going on retreats together, communicating and negotiating. Mm -hmm. That's how you're going to get your spouse to heaven. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, I love that. That's so beautiful. Um, Okay. So one other question I wanted to ask you, um, are there any, and you've kind of touched on a couple examples already, but are there any like instances um, in your marriage that you found that like communication was really essential, whether it be like kind of what we were saying, like, oh, like, you know, when women usually, I don't know, maybe men do this too, but I've found that a lot of women do the whole, like, I'm fine, you know, or beating around Mm -hmm. the bush thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Have there been any specifics that you found within marriage that have been like really helpful for you guys? Yes. Um, I would definitely say the, the, the finance talk was really important for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And and we both have our faults. You know, I kind of in the very beginning would assume. So I just would kind of hope that we would figure it out. We don't need to talk about it. It's just there, you know, no big deal. And, mm-hmm. and he, you know, again, he's a, a quality time love language person. Mm-hmm. So any kind of, you know, tough discussion would come up, he would kind of disappear in the garage and just go work because that's how he would think things through, right. um, <laughs> which we all have to think things through differently. Um, so that was kind of one of our struggles was meeting that halfway of, you know, okay, well, we need to talk about this. We can't just go off in our own separate things and think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that definitely came up with the, with the financial talk, because when we got married, um, we got, uh, pregnant, I would say about six months into our marriage, we were so, so happy and blessed. Um, but then COVID hit. And we were expecting a baby and we also wanted to buy a house. And anybody who lived through COVID understands that the housing market went insane. Mm-hmm. And so we had to have many, many money talks about how are we going to pay for the baby? Are we going to move right now? Are we going to rent right now? Where are we going to go? Mm-hmm. And so that was a continuous conversation. Um, and I really, really like that just because it, it didn't end the negotiation. Uh, you know, there's some squibbles that you can have that, you know, it just goes flat and you're done. But that continuous conversation, that evolving of your plan, um, that really, really helps because then again, nothing's off the table. You can talk about it throughout the time, you know, so then we would get, you know, you know, a, a bonus, you know, or somebody would get some money back in some way. And we would bring that back into the conversation, say, Hey, 
we've got this money. Do we want to save it? Do we want to put it in our, you know, our baby's account? Do we want to put it towards our buying a house account? So it was always a continuous conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was made things a lot easier, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think kind of like what you were talking about is like, which is a whole nother topic, but like different crosses within marriage and different mm-hmm. struggles that, you know, you're given, um, you know, those can either like divide you, like, especially communication wise, or they can bring you closer together. And it sounds like, mm-hmm. you know, you and your husband really like used, you know, obviously the pandemic situation while you're trying to buy a house and everything. And mm-hmm. like so many changes within your life that like that could that could easily divide people. Um, yes. I feel like I remember hearing that during COVID there were like so many like divorces and stuff like that because people were stuck together more than they had ever been before and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is, you know, obviously really sad and tragic, but um, it just kind of shows like how important, like actually talking to each other is mm-hmm. um, when you're put in because- situations. Oh yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that that leads to kind of a thought I had is, is, you know, making your relationship great. Right. Um, and I think this may be a long term, um, you know, or maybe for couples that have been, uh, you know, like my husband and I, it gets difficult. I'm not going to say it gets easy. Right. Everything gets difficult because you get new challenges every day. Something right. happens every day. Um, so you do have to make that conscious decision to make a good relationship. And that means Mm -hmm. prayer, you know, don't get bitter. Don't get upset because of something little and let that build and make that trust disappear. Decide and pray and give yourself some grace and make that good relationship because you don't want to have an escape route. You know, I think a lot of people, they always have that backup plan. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is a distrust in, in, in just my opinion, that in oh, itself is that kind of, well, I'll always have this and they don't need to know about it. Mm-hmm. Well, you've already set yourself up for bad communication because not everything is on the table. Right. You didn't discuss this, you know, so we need to lock ourselves and make ourselves give an effort and not just an effort, 200% of our effort to stick together and mature through these difficulties. Because then over time that grows in wisdom mm-hmm. and that's where even, you know, better prayer can come in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you just build like such a deeper bond. It's like your relationship looks different than you know, mm-hmm. maybe when you were first dating and you had the little like, you know, butterflies, which ho- hopefully you still have some butterflies seeing your husband, but, um, <laughs> but it's, it's just different. It's not like as like superficial, like it's like, mm-hmm. not that it's like superficial exactly, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. different when you're dating and then we, we see a couple that's like newly dating and then a couple that have been married for 10 years. And it's just like, you can tell they've been through stuff together. It's, it's and that's okay. And it's like beautiful. Like, cause they, yes. they stuck together throughout it all. Yes. J- you know, just because you're, you know, five years into a relationship and you don't have those butterflies anymore, that doesn't mean it's a bad relationship. Mm-hmm. It just maybe means that you're the most comfortable with each other. Right. You know, like it, 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 you don't have to have that escape route just because you get uncomfortable one day. Right. Um, if you grow in wisdom, like you said, that 10 year relationship, it's going to be different. Mm -hmm. You know, like you can't expect your relationship to be butterflies 
all the time because they're going to do things like leave their shoes at the door and you're going to get upset about it. (laughs) But, you know, like after that 10 years or 20 years, you know, just think about the growth that you can do together. You know, you have no idea the happiness and the downfalls that you're going to get, Mm -hmm. you know, so why not build together and create those happinesses when you have the downfalls. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> There's so <laughs> many like nuggets of wisdom within all of this. And I feel like we could like dive into I could dive talk into about everything. communication for a very, very long time. No, I you're so good at it. it. <laughs> no, and you explain it so well too, which is awesome. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. Is there anything else within communication that we didn't touch on that you want to say before we... I don't think so. I think just to recap, we need to, you know, in the beginning, set the standard, figure out what communicator you are and openly express it. Take the risk and trust each other. Don't lie. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, make peace with your partner's communication, accept it so that you can move forward. Um, Establish your hierarchy out loud. uh, And then do not find but make a great relationship. And then in the end, just pray together. I love it. That's a good recap. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So you mentioned it at the beginning of the episode, but I want to hear a little bit about your letterpress business. So can you talk about it? Because we're, you know, obviously we're talking about communication. So we're going to pivot just a little bit into communication within your wedding day and how important that is. So can you just talk a little bit about your business? What is it called? And why is it important to have like quality invitations for your Catholic wedding? Yes. And of course, uh, you know, me being the over-communicator would do something like invitation. (laughs) (laughs) I think Um, it works so perfectly. (laughs) So um, I own Hudson and Press. You can find me on Instagram and hudsonandpress.com. And I do letterpress, stationery, wedding suites, branding, kind of like we talked about. Um, Since being a graphic designer for about eight years, I always love to tell this story, but being a graphic designer, um, I was unfortunately let go during COVID, but it was a blessing in disguise because I got to stay home with my little baby. Mm -hmm. Um, But I still had that kind of twitch to get into design work. Um, And so at three o'clock in the morning, one day I discovered uh, a letterpress machine on Pinterest. I was rocking my baby to sleep and I thought that was the coolest machine that I have ever seen in my life because the majority of them are from the early 1900s. And if anybody knows me, I'm an antique junkie. I love a good (laughs) thrift store and antique store. So when I discovered that you could take modern designs and put it on this, you know, early 1900s, 1500 pound machine, I was like, that's it. I've got to have one. That's so cool. So it led me down a rabbit hole. I, of course, prayed about it. You know, I was like, you know what, Lord, this could be a job opportunity, Mm -hmm. you know, like giving to, you know, Catholic prayer cards. That was what my first thought was, is I wanted to do prayer cards. And so that led me to a person in my local city that had one that I could go look at, who led me to someone offering, you know, because it was COVID, they offered their class online. And then that led me to someone who was selling a press in Kansas City. Um, And so it really fell into place. Within about a four-month period, I had taken a class, 
and I had gotten a press. Um, nice. Because that's the hard thing is you have to find one that's either fully refurbished or that you need to refurbish yourself um, because they don't make them anymore. I mean, right. they're all from the, you know, before the 70s. So uh, finding a press is somewhat difficult, but I found one. Um, his name is Fitzgerald because he's from 1926. I love him <laughs> to death. Um, so I decided kind of making prayer cards. And then, uh, you know, a couple of my friends were like, well, can you make some business cards? And I'm like, yeah, I can print anything. Like the sky's the limit when it comes to a letterpress. I just right. need to make it in Adobe, you know, like in a PDF form mm-hmm. and I can print it. Um, wow. So that led me down this wonderful rabbit hole of Catholic vendors, which how I met you. And it was super exciting because I got to meet other, because that was my, my first established thought was I want to bring my job to the glory of God. Mm -hmm. So that means I want to market specifically for Catholic brides because that first invitation sets a full standard for your wedding. It's the first thing that your guests see and feel and can touch after they learn that you were engaged. Mm -hmm. So what better way than to receive in the mail this luxurious, you know, flap, Euro flapped, um, you know, envelope with a big old wax seal, you open it and you get, you know, this beautiful chiffon ribbon wrapped invitation suite. And your guest is like, this is going to be a beautiful wedding mm-hmm. and a beautiful marriage. Mm-hmm. I think so, that's so cool. I had to jump on it and I absolutely love helping everybody that I can. But, set, you know, we just talked about communication, setting that standard. Mm-hmm. It's the first thing your guests see. They can mm-hmm. touch it. They can feel it. They put it up on their refrigerator. I still do that. And so it's, it's important to kind of allow your guests to see what this is going to be all about. Right. Absolutely. And I just want to say for any of our listeners, um, Maisie, she donated a couple of her invitations and prayer cards for a Catholic style shoot that I recently did. And the quality is just amazing. Like it's hard. I mean, obviously you can see in the pictures that it's really beautiful, but like actually holding it in like your hand, it's just like, Mm -hmm. This is so high quality. And I know if I received that as a wedding guest, I would be like, this is going to be a very (laughs) beautiful wedding because like, it's just, the quality is just so beautiful. Thank you so so much. Yeah. Major kudos to you on that. (laughs) I'm a paper nerd when it comes to it. I love to feel the cotton paper, the different, you know, um, you know, what we call poundages, you know, how thick it can get. And then of course, um, handmade paper is just the most romantic thing. And I know this sounds silly, but it's the most romantic thing to press on because whenever you hold it, you get the, you know, the imperfect ridges Mm -hmm. and, oh, they're just so pretty. I love handmade paper. (laughs) It's just so cool. And it's like, I feel like most of the time when you get cards in the mail or like invitations, like eventually they end up in the trash, but this is like Mm -hmm. stuff that you want to like have forever and like Mm-hmm. frame it or something like I don't that's know my like, goal <laughs> yes yeah. uh, I want to produce like heirloom you know yeah. frame it and make it beautiful because that's the other thing my sister and I we always joke and we send each other letters since we live kind of far apart now mm-hmm. is you know everybody gets bills in the mail right that's boring that's not fun but whenever you open the mail and then you have this beautiful card you know that that maybe you co- had calligraphy done um 
everyone loves that because it's always a fun surprise when you open that mailbox. Um, And this is even just weddings aside, you know, this is just a card. Um, You know, whenever you open that mailbox and you see a different colored envelope, you're like, Ooh, what, you know, who sent me something today? That's so much fun. No one wants to see bills every day, brighten someone's day up and send them a beautiful card. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I have, I have a pen pal with one of my friends who lives in New Mexico and yeah, it is just so much fun to like open your mailbox and you see it. And it's just like, this is just so nice. And I, it makes your day. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm such a like a words of affirmation person too. So it's just like mm-hmm. and a qual- and a quality time t- person too. So like the fact that somebody took their time out to write me this letter, it's just yes. like that means everything to me. So yes, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, are there any other examples? So like you mentioned the um, invitation suite and everything like that. But um, if a bride is like, yeah, I really want to communicate, like have like. I don't know what the best way to phrase it is. It's like make an impact, I guess, with their communication and other items throughout their wedding day. So maybe like Mm -hmm. a prayer card or anything like that. Like what other examples do you have? Yes, I see um, lots of uh, brides kind of incorporate the prayer cards in their Mm -hmm. table settings. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've seen some brides even, which I think this is really, really cool. Instead of having the table numbers, they'll have a specific saint that they've, you know, have a a connection to, Um, you know, so I think that was always really fun. If you have, you know, kind of a board and, you know, your guests are looking where they're sitting and they're like, well, I'm at the St. Joseph table. Well, I'm Uh at the, you know, the St. Augustine table. Um, And so I love, love that. And then I just recently had a bride. I was printing her things last night. I'm so excited to see this. Um, And she had, uh, she's having a full Latin mass for her wedding. Mm -hmm. And so as kind of just a subtle to allow everyone to know that this is happening, you know, she added the sentence, um, women are welcome to veil at mass. Mm -hmm. And I, that simple sentence, I feel sets that standard and that structure of how important this is, you know, kind of what we're doing in the marriage that we're having. You know, so little things like that can be added to your wedding suite that can make an impact. You don't necessarily need a whole big card. Um, Of course, I would print on it, Um, but you don't need a whole big card, you know, to to state, you know, well, we're going to have mass here and this here and that, you know, you can add just a simple sentence that says, women are welcome to veil at mass. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something simple. That's something elegant. Um, and that also allows you to know that this is going to be, um, you know, a full mass. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Now, and I think communicating that with your guests, your guests also like really appreciate that. That way they yes. can even just look up like, what does that even mean? And if they, you know, especially right. for people who are not Catholic, they like, what do you mean to veil or, you know, <laughs> yes. I'm not surprised where's the veil, you know, like they, you know, they genuinely might not know. So that just kind of starts opening that communication and mm-hmm. yeah, no, I think that's beautiful. Um, okay. So one last question for you. Um, and we like to ask this to every guest on our podcast. Um, and I kind of already asked it within communication. So I'm going to ask you it but not including a communication. So it, what is one piece of advice that you would give to a couple who is recently engaged? Not communication, I guess. <laughs> That's because... so hard to not make. <laughs> um, Since we just talked I, about all that. <laughs> I would say. You can do communication give, if you want. <laughs> well, I would say give, give thanks mm-hmm. and um, go get a blessing from your priest. Yeah. Because what better way to start your engagement to yep. be blessed? Yep. 
Absolutely. And then start communicating. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like everything is communication. So. <laughs> then start talking about everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah, I, absolutely. As soon as you get engaged, as soon as you can make it to your priest to, to mass yeah. or something like that, I think that's awesome. I think yeah. one of the most beautiful things, like from my perspective, like witnessing a Catholic wedding is like obviously – there's the ceremony and then like immediately after the ceremony you're you're getting um you're like celebrating by having mass like that is just mm-hmm. so beautiful so like mm-hmm. almost do the same thing with your engagement like as soon as you can after you get engaged like go to church and yeah, go to daily said, mass yeah and ask for a blessing afterwards yep. i know that that priest would be absolutely thrilled yep absolutely that's awesome well, thank you so much, Maisie, for being on the Catholic Wedding Podcast. It was just so nice to chat with you. And I feel like there's so many like little like nuggets of wisdom that you gave. And I'm it just, I love it all. So I'm so happy to be here. And I'm yeah. so happy, like I, I'm an over communicator. So we can talk about this all day. Okay. <laughs> so I'm so happy to be invited on here and to talk about this with brides and engaged couples. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find me on uh, Instagram as Hudson and press or Hudson underscore press. And then my website is Hudson Yes, definitely check out her Instagram and her website because like I mentioned before, her work is just incredible. And Thank you. like, I just, it's hard to describe it because it's like, you just feel it and you're like, this is just so beautiful. Like, thank you. Like thank I you. said, I'm just like, <laughs> like, it's one of those things that you like, you never want to throw away. Like you would, mm-hmm. you would want to keep it forever. And, oh, that makes my heart happy. Oh, <laughs> and that's like beautiful. Cause like I said, like, I mean, that's the goal, I guess, with your guests too, is like, they want to not throw away the prayer card because like, oh, it's just kind of like, you know, yeah whatever like you know this is like something that like even someone you can cherish yeah even someone who's non-catholic would be like this is just a little too nice to like throw it away yeah yeah (laughs) so hopefully you know you can even like evangelize a little bit with your you know prayer cards especially for those guests who are not catholic so (laughs) that would be wonderful yeah that would be awesome so awesome well it was such a pleasure to have you on the Catholic Wedding Podcast. Definitely, like I said, check out her Instagram and her website. Message her. I'm sure she'd be happy if you also have any questions about communication and stuff like that in general. It sounds like she like loves this topic, which I would love to. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which I think she's super like amazing at talking about it. So definitely feel free to reach out to her with any questions or just to say hi as well and let her know that you listened to this podcast episode. I'm sure she'd be super happy with that. But with that being said, thank you so much for coming on and hopefully we can have you on again sometime soon. Bye-bye. Bye. God bless.